the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's great to be with you today. Just got back from Taiwan. Not really. I didn't make the trip. Uh, I wasn't allowed to go on that trip there. But let me ask you something. I want to talk about that, but I want to put it in a in a context here for our faith, because I think that, as I mentioned this yesterday, but I think it was a good thing for Nancy Pelosi to go. There's people who have different opinions about this, but one of the things that worries me is the idea that we don't want to do things that are that might upset our enemies or those people who are threatening to us for whatever reason. And I don't like that. I think that we do that even on a small scale, even in our own lives sometimes. Like, Are you afraid that you might, with your faith, if you're a believer, offend somebody that you work with? Now, you might do something offensive, okay? But the gospel itself, you can be offensive with the gospel, okay? Everybody is falls short of the glory of God. Nobody's perfect. Nobody can earn their way into salvation. Everybody needs a Savior. His name is Jesus. He died for you, rose again from the grave. For your sins, if you want to go go to heaven, you got to believe in that and receive His grace. Okay, that's offensive to people. That's okay, but, you know, don't be offensive in other ways. You've got that. But are you afraid that you are, in your faith, going to be attacked even for your faith? Are you afraid? Is there a tension there that you want to break through? Let me tell you something. I think that the answer is to be strong in the Lord. That's the biblical answer, to be strong in the Lord. And I think there's a philosophy there that we can draw from some of what's been in the news in uh, the last two days. So I thought I would do that because that's what we do. You can join the conversation here at Southern California Live. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. And you can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. All right, yesterday we talked about Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan, whether or not she should, and she did. She landed there in a uh, bright pink outfit, got off the plane, and uh, the Chinese government is upset about it. And uh, they were threatening at one point to shoot her down. They're threatening war. They told President Biden, who apparently didn't really want her to go, although I'm not real sure about that. You know, what what happens behind the scenes isn't necessarily what we get in the news media. We don't know what their private conversations were about. Anyway, we um, there was a lot of threats from China and still some threats today from the Chinese government saying that they will respond. They're vowing targeted military actions, but we don't really know what that is. You know, are they going to bomb somebody or are they just going to uh, drive some ships around? We don't really know. My point yesterday really had a lot to do with the idea that we need to be strong, that we should not be, as a nation, be bossed around, particularly by regimes that believe what the Chinese government believes, no God, and that the government is supreme. 
That is dangerous for the whole world. So I say good for her. Good for Nancy Pelosi for going over there. Uh, President Biden came on uh, toward the end of our show yesterday. I tried to get him to wait till five, but he didn't. He waited. uh, He came on about 4.30 during our program to announce that al-Qaeda leader al-Zawahiri had been killed. And uh, this is what Biden had to say in that speech. In my direction, the United States successfully concluded an airstrike in Kabul, Afghanistan, that killed the emir of al-Qaeda, Iman al-Zawahiri. You know, Zawiri was uh, bin Laden's leader. He was with him all the, the whole time. He was his number two man, his deputy at the time of terrorist attack 9-11. He was deeply involved in the planning of 9-11, one of the most responsible for the attacks that murdered 2,977 people on American soil. For decades, he was a mastermind behind attacks against Americans, including the bombing of the USS Cole in 2000, which killed 17 American sailors and wounded dozens more. He played a key role, a key role in the bombing of U.S. embassies in Kenya and Tanzania, killing 224 and wounding over 4,500 others. He carved a trail of murder and violence against American citizens, American service members, American diplomats and American interests. That was President Biden announcing the uh, that our uh, the CIA conducted a drone attack in Kabul, Afghanistan, against the Al Qaeda leader Al Zawahiri. Uh, I wonder how you receive that, especially if you're younger. Especially if you know the list of terrorist attacks that he mentions there, the embassy bombings, the USS Cole. Uh, certainly you've heard of 9-11, but maybe you haven't heard of the other ones and the, and some of the things that we have been dealing with for a long time. If you're, I don't know, under 30, maybe you just have no recollection of that because you were a little kid. Uh, if you're younger than uh, 20, you don't you weren't even alive, right, at 9-11. I don't know if that's, uh, if you think about that, if you're a little bit older, that sometimes we, we have to realize that we have grown to a place in our our society where certain people and certain events that are very fresh in our mind, if you are maybe over 30, or especially if you're over 40, the younger generation, your kids, they have no idea what you're talking about. Or if they are into history and they've heard about it, those people are as old as anybody else. I heard somebody say to me one time that if you are 25 years old or younger today, Ronald Reagan is as old to you as FDR that it's just so distant in the past, so far behind where you are. And that's hard for me to get my mind wrapped around because uh, that era, the 80s, I grew up in the 80s, I remember it. And there is something for us, I think, as Americans, always something for us as adults as we grow older, whatever our stage of life is, to keep in mind and not assume that the next generation remembers what you're talking about. You know how in the Bible there's all, you get this generation of, in the Old Testament, of Israelites who repent, right? And they finally get right before God. And then it takes one generation before everybody throws it away. And the reason is because they didn't teach their kids. They just kind of assumed their kids would get it. Uh, There's more to it than that. It's more complicated. But we cannot assume that the next generation even understands history. And we live in a time today where we're not even teaching history, where we are changing it around, where we have teaching even in our universities that if you're old enough to remember, it's just not accurate. The uh, president continued with this in his speech. You know, we, we, uh, we, we make it clear again tonight that no matter how long it takes 
no matter where you hide, if you are a threat to our people, the United States will find you and take you out. After relentlessly seeking Zawahiri for years under Presidents Bush, Obama, and Trump, our intelligence community located Zawahiri earlier this year. There is something I think about our country that everybody should understand, that even though we struggle today, even though we are worried about our our being together as a country, staying together, we're worried about a lot of things with, you know, some good reason. There is still part of our DNA, something that we can understand, something that continues moving forward. A You know, you hear President Biden mention Presidents Bush, Obama, Trump, and uh, himself all on the same page with something. And all on the same page with something that I would say is not politically correct today. All on the same page that goes against a lot of the teaching that is in uh, critical theory, a lot of the teaching that we might get in our our uh, schooling today. And it's the idea that there is some moral authority that America has in the world to conduct this kind of operation. And we've talked about it before in the show. It's been a while, but we we're struggling in that area of moral authority, right? The leaving Afghanistan last summer was bad. We did that very poorly. There's a lot of things that were part of the war on terror that harmed us. Abu Ghraib, which was a, a prison that we were running where we abused some of the prisoners. That shouldn't have been us, but it was, and they took pictures of it, and that harmed us throughout the world with respect to our, our standing morally in the world. Those things are real. Those things are a problem. But when I, when I hear this, there is something that still is ringing true to me, that you get peace through strength, that there has been something that has been a part of our our nation for a long time. And people are asking today, you know, why in the world did uh, Pelosi actually go to Taiwan in the first place? And you know what? I don't know the answer to that. There might be some, you know, backroom conversation. She might be there diplomatically to say, hey, we're going to start making some of these chips in our country because uh, your country is under threat. Probably good reason for that. Maybe, you know, some people cynically say that she's over there to distract from the otherwise bad news that the Biden administration is dealing with, with the economy and other things. Okay. You know, there's, there's, there could be multiple reasons why she's there. But you know what? You know, maybe some of those, those questions are warranted. But I think that maybe Nancy Pelosi is old enough to remember something. I think she is, because I'm old enough to remember something. I'm not her age. Uh, I hope that when I am her age, I am gallivanting across uh, multiple countries around the world. Um, Biden probably remembers something that, and you and Mitch McConnell had some comments today. You know, it's interesting to me that uh, so many Republicans are supporting uh, Nancy Pelosi in this trip. Uh, He had this to say. I think it's important that the speaker did go to Taiwan. I don't think the Chinese uh, get to tell members of Congress where they can go. Um, The single biggest deterrent to President Xi was said recently by the prime minister of Japan, which is to defeat Putin in Ukraine. That's the single biggest thing we can do to send a message to President Xi. See, I think that McConnell and Pelosi and Biden and people who are old enough to remember that communism is bad, that we fought for years against the idea of communism. I think that this crowd of people who are whatever age you have to be to remember that, and I'm old enough to remember that. It's not too long ago. I think that we remember that there is something better 
that the freedom that we have is not something that is granted to us by the government, that our foundation is that it's granted to us by by God, that it's above the United States, that we are, are under God. And this is what brings freedom. This is what, when our country does what it's supposed to do, we help to bring peace to the world. When our country isn't doing what we're supposed to do, when we're abusing people who are in war prisons, uh, it harms us. There's an you know, old great story about a, an old Nazi who was in a POW camp in the United States. And while he was in that POW camp, he was made to be a farmer and uh, do that kind of work to help grow some food and other stuff. And then he went back over to uh, Germany after the war was over. And, and he says that the best time of his life was being a prisoner in the American camp. Because he had, even in, even in that kind of prison, he had some kind of freedom that he was not experiencing. You know, that's the kind of um, reputation that we need to have in the world. That matters how we treat people, even how we treat our, our enemies. And you can do that much easier when you are strong in the right places, when you're strong in your foundations. And I, that's just my thought here with a lot of this is Pelosi, Biden, who I probably don't agree with on a whole lot of stuff, not probably, I don't. There's a whole lot of things I don't agree with them about. But I think that they understand that the threat that communism still is giving the world is significant. See, I was in East Berlin. Some of you, maybe if you're listening, maybe you left a communist country and immigrated here at some point, or your family did. You have memories. Some good friends of mine came from Romania, and they've got stories, and they're brutal. And some of you have come from other places around the world where, including Asian countries, where there were communist governments and war. And it isn't that, you know, everything is just perfect over here, but you understand the difference. You can call and share those stories if you'd like to. You're listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. I think it's important that we share our stories, particularly of this kind, because as society gets older, as those things become just pages in a book, we forget how serious they are. You know, it's, it's frightening how many people deny the Holocaust today. It's un, you know, that they deny that Hitler and the Nazis killed six million Jews. It's shocking. When there are still people alive with a little tattoo on their arm that they had to go through. And those prison camps, we have pictures. We got some film, they were horrific. See, I, I got to go when I was in high school. I got to go to East Berlin. And uh, I keep promising I'll tell the story of it was a church mission trip, actually, that just went terribly, but and uh, people got fired. It was a mess. But the trip was memorable for my whole life. Now I've just dangled that in front of you. You know, maybe we'll get to it. Maybe it's not that interesting of a story. You know, it's just uh, kind of Maybe it's just, I'm the, you know, I was the pastor's kid. So uh, when dad is asking you about your trip and you don't have really good answers, somebody's in trouble. Um, But part of that trip was I got to go to East Berlin. And I'm old enough to remember that day, just like it was yesterday, when it was in the communist bloc. I remember going through the Berlin Wall and how stark that thing was and how ominous it was, particularly on the other side. And I remember immediately when you go through to the other side, I remember the people and their sadness. You could see it. There was no joy. There was depression. I remember the phony baloney propaganda tour guide that we had. 
telling us how great everything was. And you look out the window and you go, "These built, there's piles of rubble from World War II that you still haven't rebuilt. What are you talking about? Bullet holes in the buildings. This is, you know, 50 years later. I remember seeing the people. I remember that we couldn't go to just any ice cream shop. We had to go to the special Americanized ice cream shop. And these were in color. They looked very American. Color, and there was balloons, and there was fancy decorations and lights, and the ice cream was pretty good. Uh, The rest of the city was in black and white, dull and old and dilapidated. And I remember that if you walked away from your group, as me and a couple of uh, high school buddies did, which was not the wise thing to do, and we were told not to do, we did it anyway. I remember that you would walk up to shops, bookstores, and uh, another ice cream shop, and that those doors were closed before we could walk into the building. One place, literally, kind of like a uh, cartoon, you know, they just you close. They closed the shutters, turned the sign around, and were closed. They would not let us walk in there. They were terrified of us even being there. They told us to go away. And there was this tremendous fear that people felt, just shop owners, just because we might walk into their stores. They shoot us out, shoot us away. They locked, we locked up, me and a couple of buddies, we locked up a whole street. They all closed. And then we went back to our group. Amazing to me that either nobody saw it or nobody said anything. We're teenagers. And then leaving that country later on with a rifle in our face as they checked our passports and asked us a bunch of uh, threatening questions or normal questions, but asked in a threatening way. Thankfully, they didn't have me take off my shoes where I had some East German marks in there that I was smuggled out of the country. I still have those today. Are they worth anything? I don't think they're worth anything. I'm not even sure they're made out of metal. They feel like plastic. Uh, There's some kind of uh, metal the coins are, I guess. Let me tell you something. That, That memory has to be passed on. The only time I've ever felt this way, by the way, since, is certain times during the COVID shutdown, where everything was just dark, where everything was just sad, where everybody was full of fear. Remember that right away, like, you know, April or May of 2020, especially, especially here in California. A lot of the country started to open up more that summer. But if you're down here, Christy and I were given, somebody gave us a hotel to stay in, um, just in San Diego, local, uh, once the hotel's open. So this would have been even a few months later. And it's a, you know, a nice downtown, you know, fancy schmancy hotel. They put us in, not that schmancy, you know, it's a four-star hotel, okay? Uh, The kind where you can get the $50 room service hamburger uh, that's fabulous. We did not order that on this particular trip. I have to confess I've ordered that before. It is fabulous. I I don't have the $50 anymore for it. And today it's probably $150 of the same hamburger. We went to this hotel that normally is full of people and hustle and bustle and joy. And you feel like you're greeted well. And they gave you something when you check in and all this stuff. And it was like everybody was annoyed that we were even there. It was just sad. And Christy and I, you know, we had a good time, you know, together. But the ominous sense that something is very wrong was everywhere in that hotel. I love hotels. I love going to hotels, especially if there's just a lot of people there and there's the energy of it. I like that environment. That was gone. And the scary thing to me personally was that it sent me back to East Berlin, that that was the same feeling I had. I thought that maybe they wanted to, that they would just shoo us out. It was clear they didn't want us there, which is really odd from a business standpoint, right? How do you not want people paying money? 
That's what was going on. So when I say that I'm glad about Nancy's trip and I'm glad about Biden's victory, where he get to come out and uh, make this claim that uh, we got another terrorist. Uh, I feel good about that. I got questions. There are things that are going on that, you know, I'm skeptical about, and that's fine. But what I like about it is there's a moment where Americans stood up in strength, where we didn't have fear. In the LA Times, there's an op-ed today about Pelosi's Taiwan visit, and it's just kind of full of fear. And the idea that maybe it doesn't help or doesn't, you know, or it doesn't hurt, but it doesn't help. And I get this impression of this, this sort of cowering nature of it. And the last line in the story is, says, quote, Nancy Pelosi's Taiwan visit didn't cause today's heightened China-U.S. animosity, but it isn't helping. Well, that's the title of it. Here's the, the quote at the end. The quote at the end is, like the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis, a new Taiwan Strait crisis might end up stabilizing the status quo albeit after a few hair-raising days. And that's now that part I agree with. And that may be well may well be China's plan. Also might be true. Might be Biden's plan. Might be Nancy Pelosi's plan. But here's the part. But such a gambit could also go horribly wrong. Yes, it could. Lest we forget the fact that nuclear war did not break out in 1962 was largely a matter of luck. That's how it ends. No, it wasn't a matter of luck. Not at all. It was smart people from both parties, over 13 days, arguing, thinking, studying, communicating, and working very, very hard 24 hours a day to try to figure out how to not go to to war. And we don't know everything from the Soviet side of it, but they wanted something and they got it. And yes, there were high stakes and it was stupid to put nukes out on the table. It was very real and very scary, but it was not luck. And it is the standing up and not cowering to the enemy that got us through it. And that's what we need to do today. Now, I say all this because, you know, for those of us in the church, for those of us maybe where we're at, we're not called to just sit around and hope things will work out in this crazy world. And we should not be relying on a Twitter hashtag or a church membership or certainly not a political party or cultural philosophy to carry us through the battle that we are in now, whether we want to be or not. We're in a battle with with. China one way or the other. It's probably an economic battle. Hopefully it never becomes actual war, but it might. When we come back, I'll talk about this and I'll take your calls. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to comment and join the conversation, 888-528-2557. And what I want to ask you is this, how do you feel about your preparation uh, to be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Does it does it scare you that somebody might ask you about your faith or maybe attack you about your faith? What do you think about that? And what can we do about it? We'll talk about that when we get back. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number again is 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition of SoCal Live continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you on this Tuesday afternoon. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. I've been talking about the Nancy Pelosi trip over there to Taiwan that was, uh, for whatever it was, successful, I guess, whatever the goal was of that today. President Biden also... um, 
announcing the the killing of uh, al-Qaeda's leader, al-Zawahari, which if you're old enough to remember, you know, that's a big deal, I think. If you're, It's not as big a deal as the Osama bin Laden one, but uh, and there's always another one, right? It doesn't really... It doesn't really end, but it is showing a resolve. And, you know, I think that's something that's that's good about our country is that we still have that. I think that the biggest problem going forward in a lot of ways is that we don't have the the with, I think, a lot of our leadership, the ultimate background of faith in God, meaning that if we do not have a foundation that we're building our strength on of you know a philosophical foundation that there is good and evil you know not all of our presidents and leaders have been they all claim to be christians okay in one way or the other some of them definitely i think were or at least they you know they they went to church they're very theological and their thought had a lot to say some of them you know they checked the box because they went to some church at some point somewhere and um but not always christian but we have always had this idea that our our rights that human rights are given by god and you know it disturbs me and i've talked about this at length before that we don't we're not talking a lot about human rights it's more about our rights and you know this would be the downside of of what's happening is you know if we spent more time i think really challenging uh the chinese government the russian government uh, on human rights, like we used to do, both parties used to do. I think we would we would go a lot further, and that that matters a lot. I think that uh, you know some of the things that I would be more concerned about is that the fear that maybe we have that maybe Nancy going over there is creating a problem. Um, we're worried about it uh, economically. Wall Street gets jittery about this. It's happened before. Newt Gingrich went over there, and it was almost the same scenario, a lot of the same things being said, and we said, no, you can't tell us what to do, and we go over there. Um, so she's not even like a trailblazer with any of this. President Trump, um, they call it a trade war. I wouldn't really call it a trade war with China, but he changed a lot of the rules, and he had tariffs, and uh, there was a lot of criticism of his doing that, but I think that the status quo is not something that is helpful. And I think my opinion was it was a good thing for, for him to do that. Whether it was those things are the right steps or not, you know, those things can be debated and changed. But to just sit and be in fear of another government uh, because of what could happen. And so you're not going to make the right decision or you're not going to challenge, you know, some things that are happening that we know are wrong, I don't think is right and we should celebrate our leaders, even if they're of the other party, even if you otherwise wouldn't always uh, you know, agree with them. Part of the way back to unity is to have unity on certain issues, um, direction of our, our country. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Let's go to Maria in uh, Pasadena. How you doing, Maria? Uh, very good, uh, Pastor. I uh, actually, I... Uh, I think two weeks ago or a week ago, uh, you're mentioning about should uh, Miss Pelosi will go. And I said, um, yes, uh, she should uh, go. And I totally agree with you, uh, Pastor, Uh, all the things that you have said. And that fear, I know everybody is fearful. I have some things that I'm doing too, but I know this is the right thing. And I know I pray and I said, Lord, I'm fearful. And, but uh, 
I know this is the right way, a good way, and help me. And I go on being, uh, so I think she is fearful too, or whatever. And I said, uh, she must be the first woman to, uh, for many years that, uh, that go to Taiwan. Well, she's and definitely the first. Uh, yeah, she's definitely the first woman uh, speaker of the house because uh, she is the first woman speaker of the house yes. to to go over there. When you think of things that uh, the the fear, and you would say that it's good that uh, a leader goes over there. Um, what do you think about? What's the reason for that? What is your background that would make oh. you feel that way? Oh, I. It's because I believe that um, America. Um, we are American, and we have to be brave. But I know Americans are very brave people, courageous, and especially those who had the Word of God. I. That's all I can say. Yeah. I don't want to say more things. Okay, Maria. All right. Thank you very much for your call and uh, for listening. You know, it's uh, the scary thing is we don't always have the Word of God anymore. Not everybody's had that anyway. Some people have said so, and they don't, and so other people have had it. Uh, you know, so that worries me is that what's the foundation ultimately for whatever we might be claiming in these foreign trips. But the, the point that I really want to us to think about is that it's okay to be strong in the face of adversity or fear. That in our life, you know, these things are, you know, big national you know, things that uh, are, are are very, very serious. Uh, it's scary to me that we treat Washington and politics, you know, these days like it's Hollywood. And that's a big problem because we act like it's Hollywood, except it's very real. Everything going on actually affects lives, affects our lives and lives around the world. That's why, you know, part of the reason that we are called to pray for our leaders not just pray for those leaders who we agree with, but pray for them, uh, is not that they would succeed where they are doing wrong. We don't want to pray for that. We want to change, you want to pray that they would change their mind, that they would repent. That's what, that's one thing to pray for. But another thing to pray for is that they would be successful in keeping the peace. First Timothy 2, 1 I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people, ask God to help them intercede on their behalf, pray for them, pray this way for kings and all of those who are in authority, not just all those that we voted for, so that we can live, here's the so that, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. See, I think that when our country is strong, when we stand up to bullies, when we stand up to people who would do wrong even in the world, that it helps us keep the peace. Now, there's a lot of debate about that, and I understand that. I believe, however, that peace through strength is something that has been uh, a good thing. I don't, I don't think peace through war, okay? Uh, I think that a lot of the, um, you know, maybe a lot of the stuff that we've done the last few years and sort of indiscriminate terrorist bombings here and there and everywhere has caused us some problem. We, war is always messy. But a big part for being prepared for war is so that you don't have to go to war, and people struggle with that. I understand that, but I believe that I believe that is true. It's always been something that uh, our country has been about. George Washington said this. He said, "There is a rank due to the United States among nations, which will be withheld if not absolutely lost by the reputation of weakness." All right. So this is our first president. This is somebody who is charting the course for where our nation's going to go two hundred and some years ago. 
there is a rank due to the United States among nations which will be withheld, if not absolutely lost, by the reputation of weakness. See, if we're if our reputation is weak, uh, we're going to suffer. That is that was the idea back then when our nation was not a world power, when our nation was, you know, brand new. Nobody knew if we were even going to make it. George Washington could have been our first and last president. That could have easily been the case. But he was very wise. He continued, he said, if we desire to avoid insult, we must be able to repel it. If we desire to secure peace, one of the most powerful instruments of our rising prosperity, it must be known that we are at all times ready for war. It doesn't say go to war. It says at all times be ready. President Reagan in quoting that, he would say later, he said, we know that peace is the condition under which mankind was meant to flourish. That's the biblical idea here, that we pray for our leaders, that they would keep the peace so that we can have peaceful lives, because when there is peace, mankind flourishes. Reagan continued, yet peace does not exist of its own will. It depends on us, on our courage to build it and to guard it and to pass it on to future generations. George Washington's words may seem hard and cold today, but history has proven him right again and again. To be prepared for war, he said, is one of the most effective means of preserving peace. Well, to those who think strength provokes conflict, Will Rogers, Will Rogers was an old, uh, you got to be pretty old to remember that guy. Uh, And I was going to reference Andy Rooney, who you got to be pretty old to remember Andy Rooney. Remember the guy at the end of 60 Minutes? I don't think I even watched 60 Minutes after Andy Rooney passed away. Uh, he used to have an opinion about anything, you know. If you ever noticed how much cheese people eat, most people like Swiss cheese. But a lot of people like to be patriotic and buy big hunks of American cheese. He had an essay, he'd write about whatever. And he was very entertaining. Well, Will Rogers was like that guy um, 100 years ago. And he said of the heavyweight champion of his day, I've never seen anyone insult Jack Dempsey with the idea that, you know what, you're you're not going to go up to uh, a Mike Tyson and insult a guy because he's strong, that strength is something that helps you prepare. Uh, And spiritually, this is why we prepare. We get ready. The Bible tells us to put on the armor of God, to to put it on. It It is an imperative. Okay, be strong in the Lord. That's an imperative, Ephesians 6. Be strong in the Lord. Uh, put on the armor of God. Now, we're talking about spiritual armor. We're not talking about going to war and murdering our brothers and sisters. We are talking about getting ready for the battle that actually is really here. And that's another point that I, I think we just need to realize is that there's already a battle with China. It's been going on all the time. Hopefully, we will keep it to just a, a cold war, if you will, or an economic battle. Uh, and we can do business that way, and they're going to do business that way. That's all right. We have a hot war with terrorists. We haven't seen it in our country uh, for a while, uh, but it'll be back. And uh, the stronger that we appear, the less weak that we are, the more peace there will be uh, in the world. There's a lot of fine lines and a lot of different ways that that can uh, go sideways, of course, and I realize that. But, you know, for us spiritually— you know, we're not going to win spiritual battles by uh, just because of who we vote for or because of, you know, our our Twitter account or what we put on our social media. We're going to win when we're prepared for the uh, battles that come. So when somebody attacks you for your faith or criticizes you for your faith, or maybe they just ask you a question about your faith and it terrifies you, the more ready you are for that, the better that conversation is going to go. 
I got to take a break and then I'll get to your calls. The number is 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. And I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Great to be with you. 888-528-2557. The number is 888-LA-TALKS. 888-528-2557. Let's go to the phones here. Neil in Venice. Welcome to Southern California Live. Well, hello, Scott. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Great to speak to you, sir. Yeah. Uh, and um, I I have a little different take on uh, the whole thing with Nancy Pelosi. And, like, I hear the young lady that called and, you know, sounded, I think she was sounded fearful. Uh, I personally think that the whole thing is basically a charade. Um, I do not think that China had any intention of shooting down a plane or starting a war. I think it's an opportunity for China to flex their muscles and look good on the world stage and to their people. I think that Biden, if you're, I'm sure, familiar with the Hunter Biden laptop, uh, he's in bed with the Chinese and the whole thing is a charade. When you have a two-hour conversation with the president of China, as he recently did, I've heard nothing about that conversation. Nothing is ever said about the virus. Uh, nothing is ever said about the. Uh, so the you're Muslims. you're frustrated with uh, with what might be in the background of a lot of the politics going on between the United States and China, and in particular, maybe President Biden. Yes, sir. I yeah. think that it's a charade. No, there's well, no danger to Nancy Pelosi, or she wouldn't go. Okay, thank you, Neil, for your call. You know, I I think on the Pelosi issue, I do think that they were never ever going to shoot her down. You know, I don't think that this was a death-defying uh, mission. You know, uh, that she went in there. Uh, remember when Hillary Clinton claimed that she was uh, going into Kosovo or someplace and that they were shooting at the plane and that she was that had to do some kind of spiral to land in some way and that she claimed that she was leaving the plane and that they were shooting at her and they had to duck. Well, there turned out there was video of that. And none of that ever happened. She was making that up. They're not going to send Hillary Clinton into a war zone. That's not going to happen. Uh, in the same way, I don't think that they're I don't think that they really believed some of the rhetoric coming out of China. I disagree. I don't think China looks good in the world over it because they did threaten and they're still threatening. Um, you know, I, I'm sure that there are poli- there's politics that we don't know about or that we can speculate about. You know, and the president and the the Biden connection there, we did learn a few things about that phone call. Remember, two and a half hour phone call is cut in half because of translation and then cut in half because Biden doesn't speak very fast. And there's probably a whole lot of other stuff going on. I don't think they spoke that long, actually. I think, uh, you know, if they were to just to have a normal conversation and, uh, you know, other things with the president, his relationship with China, we don't really know what's there. Uh, it'll come out, though. I think the truth comes out. You can be, you can, you know, be a little patient with some of that stuff, and we'll see what happens. At the end of the day, Neil, aren't we all in bed with China? Isn't that part of the problem? Is that what do we have that we own that's not somehow related to China or connected to something that's manufactured in China? Not very much. Christy and I have been out going out and you know, looking for some some furniture. And we've been asking that question. And, uh, you know, even if you find, uh, no, the uh, the product was 
you know, assembled in the United States, or maybe it was assembled in Mexico or assembled uh, some other country. The parts or the materials probably originated in in China. We're we're in a world where you know the this tension matters a lot because we are dependent on each other, and um, which probably in some way maybe prevents some war uh, until one side decides it's worth it. Until one side decides that. Uh, the other side is so weak that we can just go get them, or they decide, you know what, we don't need whatever there is they're giving us. And, um, you know, that's part of it. I don't really know what all the, the politics are, and I'm not even trying to say that I do. What I, I really am trying to say is standing up and being strong, even if there are other things in the background, there's always other things in the background. There's always some political advisor even when the president, whoever that president is, is doing exactly the right thing. There's always a political advisor saying, hey, and it's going to look like this. President Truman gets criticized. Uh, one, you know, one argument against dropping the bomb in w- the end of World War II is to say that, well, he didn't really need to do that. He was only doing that to scare the Russians. Um, the question is, and that is, would he, and that's probably true, and we know they had conversations about that. We know that Truman himself went up to uh, Joseph Stalin at a conference, and uh, he said to him, by the way, we've developed this bomb, and uh, people think that he did that on purpose to sort of threaten Stalin, and Stalin looked at him, and Stalin, because there were spies, knew about the bomb, and he said, well, I hope you use it on the Japanese, and people were, you know, people speculate, was he saying that in fear, or was he saying that in his own sarcastic way to say, we know all about it, don't threaten me? It's a whole interesting, you know, maybe just to me, but and uh, but it's a whole interesting conversation. But the big question is, is yes, that was part of that. But would Truman have used uh, the atomic bomb anyway, even if there was no Russia to be worried about? Most scholars think yes, um, but it was certainly part of the conversation. And I'm sure those are there's those conversations going on here. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. If you want to join the conversation, I want to talk about the idea of being strong just as a believer, to be strong in the Lord. Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It's put on the armor of God. It's an imperative. It's to take action. It's about being prepared. It's not about going always going to war. In a lot of ways, this is a, a defensive position, but some of it is offensive. You have the sword of the Spirit. A sword is your, the word of God, and it is an offensive weapon and a defensive weapon. And if you're of a kind of person, and this is the analogy I'm I'm trying to make, if I can just pare it down to in your own life, where is Taiwan for you? Where is the place where you think you ought to go? And some people, even people on your own side, are going to tell you not to do it. And other people are going to say, don't do it. It's scary. You're just going to anger people. Where is Taiwan for you? Where's the place where you go? And maybe there is a threat. Maybe you are going to do something that could set off some kind of battle that you don't want to have or that other people don't want to have or they're going to affect other people. Where is that for you? I bet it's it's relational. And you know what? I think that most of the time when we realize where Taiwan might be for us, most of the time when we decide not to go there, we regret that. But when we decide to go there, most of the time it turns out to be successful. And it'll be successful if God's calling you to go there. I think God is calling each and every one of us to do something. And I think this is 
because we can read about in Scripture. I think he's calling us to make disciples of all nations. And I think he's placed people in our relational world around us who might be hostile to us. Or maybe they themselves aren't hostile, but maybe their family is or their friends are or the the place where they come from. Are we afraid to share our faith? Or maybe somebody is just already hostile toward us and we're going to compromise our faith because we're afraid of getting yelled at or afraid of getting teased or afraid of something. See, this is why we get prepared. We get ready. This is why I think for for Christians, peace through strength is something that we can apply biblically. It's the idea that when we're prepared spiritual spiritually and we have the armor of God on, we're prepared. We're prepared for whatever happens. And scripturally, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. See, there are schemes. There are, there are plans to damage your testimony. And that plan for you might be temptation. You know, your, tempt, your testimony doesn't do too well um, if you yourself are in an obvious sin or you're in sin that's harming your ability to follow the Lord. And that temptation might be there. But the devil's schemes might be just to derail you from your plans. Fear. I think that what the devil does a lot for us is just fear. Afraid to share our faith. Afraid to let people know we're believers. Afraid to say, hey, I actually follow Jesus. Uh, to say, hey, you know what, I'm not going to go with you to that place because uh, I'm a Christ follower. Uh, To say, hey, you know, I noticed that uh, you've got a lot of questions or, you know, can I help you with that? See, we have the Spirit of God with us. We are not on our own. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes— you may find yourself, you may find, you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with a the belt of truth, with a breastplate of righteousness. I'm going fast because i got a commercial break coming up. And with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the spirit, the shield of faith, which with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. See, that is instruction that we have that isn't passive, that is active. And I think, you know, if I were to take this analogy just to our local point and ask you, where's your Taiwan? Where's the relational place that you should go with your faith? That some people are going to say, don't go there, and other people are going to say, do. you got to be wise. You know, you don't want to be stupid. There are certainly stupid things you can do, but pray about it, and don't be afraid to go there. What's the worst that's going to happen? Somebody's going to get mad at you. The relationship will be, you know, it might be strained a little bit more. Maybe that's because you didn't approach it right, but maybe that's where it's headed anyway. And what you're really doing is moving towards authenticity, which is always better. It's truthful. All right, good discussion. I got to take a break. I see your calls, but uh, you can call back on Friday for Open Line Friday if I didn't get to your calls this hour. We'll be back for Hour 2 on Southern California Live in just a moment. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557, and I'll be back as the Tuesday edition of Southern California Live continues. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.